0: Don't like drag your feet in doing it. Do it fast. She needs to teach the subway employees how to do that because yeah, they do it forever. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Today we'll be we will be talking about uh, the readings for the seventeenth Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year A, and one of the themes that run through the readings that popped out to me. Uh, was the theme of wisdom and how wisdom relates to the kingdom of heaven um, per our gospel. Uh, and, of course, the uh, theme of wisdom is very apparent in our first reading, uh, which goes, which is taken from the um, book of 1 Kings. And it's a story, the familiar story, um, that many of us are um, familiar with, uh, where Solomon, uh, in a dream, uh, sees God and... Um, or hears the voice of God, and and God uh, gives him whatever he desires. And Solomon answers simply that he wants to uh, have an understanding heart. Mm. And he says, to quote, to judge your people and to distinguish right from wrong. Um, And so God bestows on him wisdom. And our Lord says that he will give him a heart so wise and understanding that there has never been anyone like you up till now, and after you, there will come no equal to you. And so, we hear of the wisdom of Solomon, and I think that theme of wisdom again is just um, apparent in mm-hmm. um, the responsorial psalm, the gospel, and even in the second reading too. We can get to it. Um, I think there's a theme of wisdom in the second reading as well. So, um, what do you guys? What are some of your thoughts immediately um, after reading these readings?
1: Well, I think you're right that the main theme that runs through all of them is the theme of wisdom uh, that will be picked up by Christ in the parables um, that he will say, Christ will say um, that in the parable of the hidden treasure, the parable of the pearls, there seems to be this this notion of of wisdom. And wisdom is something that allows you to have a, a, a prompt response or to see what you're looking for, uh, to, to know, I guess, to know when you found the thing mm-hmm. or to know something um, is of great value. Uh, the, so between those two parables, between the one, the hidden treasure, and the pearls, there's there's a different emphasis on each one. <clears throat> on the treasure it's something that is found, it seems to be mm-hmm. by surprise, yeah, that I mean, the, the mer- or the or is it is it a merchant in that one? Or is uh, just a person. So a, uh, yeah. <laughs> regular <clears throat> dude. Yeah, a regular person. Regular dude. <laughs> digging in a field, which, you know, you can get into that whole thing. Like, what's he... <laughs> what's he, doing? What's he doing? Right. doing? What is he looking it, for? There, yeah. there is, like, a historical, apparently, reason why, but still, it is interesting that he was digging around in a field before he right. bought it. Yeah.
2: Someone else's field, yeah. Yeah,
1: someone else's <laughs> field. But, anyway, so he's it's something that he kind of finds by surprise mm. and that wisdom allows him to see that this is this is something that is important. Yeah. Whereas in the other parable about the pearls, it's more discerning mm. that he is looking for the pearl. He doesn't kind of happen upon that. He doesn't happen upon something hidden, but he, he's looking for one, but he has to have the wisdom to understand that this pearl is of greater value than that pearl.
0: Mm, yeah. Right. And that discernment uh, seems like it's uh, necessary. Um, It's a necessary part for wisdom um, to be able to discern the good from the bad. Um, That goes kind of into the third parable that our Lord gives Mm -hmm. about the kingdom of heaven, where the net um, that is thrown into the sea, um, he equates that to the kingdom of heaven. And he says, which collects fish of every kind. But then when they haul it ashore and sit down to put what is good into buckets, um, they throw away what is bad. Mm-hmm. And so there's this, like, parsing out, discerning, like, this is good. We keep this. This is bad. We don't keep this. Although the kingdom of heaven catches all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, yet there's, again, that discerning mind of, you know, just like this pearl is greater than that pearl, so I'm going to just focus on this one. You know, this fish is more important than these fish, and so we're going to focus on that. mm mm-hmm. um, Strictly speaking, so we can just define our terms as a you know a good academic word. <laughs> um, wisdom: the way I've heard wisdom um, uh, dis- described, um, the definition of wisdom, is seeing how um, the parts fit into the whole.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and so, it, you know, wisdom automatically presupposes that you have a a a view of the whole, that you understand a greater like narrative and picture Mm -hmm. other than the one that you are experiencing yourself. Like you almost seeing, seeing reality as objectively as possible.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: This is why, you know, and throughout um, scripture, we, you know, God is the one that's ultimately wise, right? It's, it's, it's God who has that ultimate perspective. Um, You know, in wisdom literature, the book of Job is my favorite example of this where, you know, God uh, tells Job that he, uh, does not have the wisdom, ultimately, to know what's going on behind his suffering. Uh, And so, you know, our Lord says, can you be comfortable with the fact that you are not wise enough to understand? And I am. Um, Trust in me, right? And so, um, again, wisdom as uh, uh, seeing how the parts fit into the whole. Mm -hmm. Once you understand how the parts fit into the whole, then you're able to discern Those good things from the bad things, and especially when it comes to um, these first two parables that uh, Lee was pointing to—the kingdom of heaven like a treasure that's buried in a field, and the pearls, uh, 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 the the finding a pearl of great price—all these things to require these things requires sacrifice. Mm -hmm. It requires a kind of giving up of a certain set of things so you can focus on one thing. And once you focus on that one thing, then you can attain it. And so there's a, there's a kind of a hierarchy, um, seeing how the parts fit into the whole in your own life, saying, if this is what I value most, the kingdom of heaven, right? These values, the things that are of God, then I'm going to have to subordinate these other things and seeing how they fit into the bigger picture of me trying to attain that thing. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're unable to do that, if you are not wise and you place money and you place comfort and pleasure at the top of your hierarchy list and you say, that's the thing, that's my pearl of great price, um, then, yeah, you're, you're – again, you're not wise. You're foolish. Yeah. Because uh, that's not what's going to sustain you
2: in the end. Yeah. Um right so it's it's interesting in the first two um parables the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in the field and the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl of great price um there isn't this distinction between like there's a good pearl and a bad pearl and the man discerns which one is good and bad but this kind of emphasis of like knowing what to pour yourself out into completely right because mm-hmm. both in both instances the the person and the merchant sells all that he has to get that thing um and then it seems like the next parable, the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea, and then the angels go out and separate. Right? Like Does the, it say angels. Well, it says like when um once they collect the fish, it's hauled onto shore and they sit down and they and they put what is good into buckets and the bad they throw away. Thus yeah. it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out and separate the wicked from the righteous yeah. and throw them out into the fiery furnace. Right. It's interesting that it's it's almost as if once you pour out yourself into one thing right the kingdom of heaven the divine pattern then the principalities and all of the acting forces in the world the angels sort themselves out Mm. right like everything starts to flow from that complete outpouring into the the right thing and then wisdom flows from that yeah um and that sorting happens not on its own but like in concordance with the kingdom of heaven
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Right, no, that's good. I think um, it, it, again, we're getting you know this is this is this is the third gospel in a row where we have Christ asking the disciples about the parable he's talking about. Mm. Um, so at the end of the the uh, parable of the net thrown into the sea, he s- turns. Well, he, he actually doesn't even say. Yes, yeah, he turns to his disciples and says, do you understand all these things? Mm-hmm. They were answered, yes. Bold. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, but, you know, he goes along with it. Uh, and he says, then every scribe who has been instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings from his storeroom both the new and the old. Mm. So, I think bringing from his storeroom both the new and the old Reminds me of the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea, which collects fish of every kind, mm-hmm. every kind, new and old, good and bad, um, better and, and best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so <clears throat> it seems like those who are instructed in the kingdom of heaven, um, it, it's, it's almost grant, granted unto them. Well, wisdom is granted unto them uh, to then instruct the head of a household. You can understand it maybe as uh, instructing others and passing down what they have learned, uh, and brings from his storeroom, his soul, maybe, right? His wisdom, both the new and the old. Mm -hmm. And saying, this is how everything fits into the whole. Mm -hmm. Again, fitting, Mm -hmm. you know, all the parts. This is how Mm -hmm. all the parts, new, old, good, bad, this is how they all fit together. Right. You know, I'm I'm kind of reminded of, um, Jonathan Peugeot has a great um, video on the symbolism of the pentagram, um, you know, that satanic symbol. Mm -hmm. And... I remember he um, he mentioned how there's a cathedral where the uh, where the was it the the west facing yeah I believe so f- no well well if you're facing liturgically east it would be the north window mm-hmm. right the north window um, has a pentagram in the stained glass um, and you're like okay why would a church have a satanic symbol and he he was explaining I think rather correctly is that um, you know the church you know, and here I'm. I'm kind of f- finagling the idea of the church as the kingdom of heaven. But you know, mm-hmm. for lack of you know, we yeah. that's another topic. If we, mm-hmm. You know, what is can we equate the church to the kingdom mm-hmm. of heaven? But seeing how um, the church, the institution which Christ left to uh, as the head of a household, I was
2: going to say at right? the very least, it's the scribe who's been instructed. Right. Yeah, we heaven. can we can yeah. see it like that.
0: Mm-hmm. The church, right, that's, that that symbol of um the uh, of the head of the household mm-hmm. has incorporates everything, all of reality, even the dark, mm-hmm. the darkness. Um, and so we don't, you know, I think it's unwise to ignore certain parts of reality because, oh, you know, it's it's old or it's not good. It's like, no, no, there's a sense of embracing everything mm-hmm. and saying, this is where this belongs. You know, by by having a, a pentagram in a church and putting it Appropriately in the north, right mm-hmm. At the, to the left of east, right mm-hmm. where the left is typically symbolized right. as dirty. Mm-hmm. Um, you're seeing that that is a part of the whole, mm-hmm. and this is where it belongs
2: in the whole, right? right? That's, that's a the bit same a thing tangent, with the, like the gargoyles around the cathedral, right? It's like yeah. they they exist on the periphery, and that's where they're supposed to be. They yeah. don't go they don't into, come the into the sanctuary, yeah. right? That's yeah. that would yeah.
0: be foolish. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see, like in 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 the great architecture of cathedrals, there's um, there's a certain wisdom and and Mm -hmm. a recognition of all the parts of reality and how they fit into the whole, right? That's, yeah, so.
1: So not that there are a wrench in that, but. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) But that makes no (laughs) sense. Um, But it, so I think the pentagram though, I don't think it has a, I don't think these churches have pentagrams in them. I think like not not pentagrams in the sense that we know them today, Mm -hmm. because the point is down for, the, right, the, yeah. it, mm-hmm. that's the satanic version. Whereas I think in these the air is up or that the top point yeah. is facing up. And it's a it's a old it's an old symbol. Yeah. It's a medieval symbol as far as I know. Um that yeah. can it, it incorporates five I, you know, it's like the five wounds of Christ mm-hmm. and different things like that. It wasn't until I thought the eighteen hundreds that it was um kind of well, co opted by think, well, the satanic movement.
0: Now, you know, this is that thought just came to me now. I didn't plan that thought. <laughs> I did pre premeditate it. but from what I understand, from what I remember, Pujol was talking about an upside-down pentagram, like a, a star that's upside down. With the and it's point.
1: and it's in the in a church. In the
2: church, yeah. Um, there's um, I'm gonna flip this laptop over so you guys can see it. This this one's in France. Um, it's like square
1: and yeah. The... So it, yeah, it is that that one so is facing it, down.
2: You you're probably right that that's not a
0: um a typical symbol, but there's pro- I think what he was referring to is like particular, um. A particular cathedral that had this. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Well, I just know yeah. it,
1: like there's many symbols that have undergone. And I'm just taking his word from it. Yeah. Like I no, no. Well, I mean, I I, I think I you know, I I vaguely remember that video. I'm I'm sure you, the point he was making was correct. I just know that that symbol has undergone over you know over a the lot last, of interpretations oh, yeah, and it's, several yeah. hundred years. Sure. Mm-hmm. Alchemists picked it picked it up. Sure. And then, right. Um. Yeah. That's yeah.
2: his his point around that too was like it. um it's kind of co-opted satanically but also represents something more vague like just lower powers yeah you know what oh, i'm right, saying right. and so like the, like even even putting that up in the cathedral is not necessarily like this is of satan as opposed to like even the things of the lower powers have their place right. here
1: out um yeah cuz i thought it, yeah it was supposed to be like a a mix of things that it could be like different mm-hmm. elements of of the world like you're saying like the lower powers mm-hmm. which would be you know earth wind fire yep, stuff yep. like that that people might attribute divine um div- divine ability right he's saying that even that's kind of the th- the elements have been yep. incorporated among right. other things yeah.
0: but and again it's it's all part of that hierarchy um mm-hmm. to see how things uh, fit together yep um i like how in the first reading when solomon is solomon is um asking god um uh, you know, for his gift, he prefaces it by saying that he's a mere youth, not knowing at all how to act. And I serve you in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a people so vast that it cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding heart. Uh, and so, wisdom also requires a sense of humility. Mm-hmm. Humility, meaning that y- you know who you are in light of a bigger reality outside of you. Mm -hmm. Um, and to admit that he doesn't know and he desires to understand again, you know, this is something we mentioned before, but to stand under, right. To, to be a, um, a, a disciple, uh, of wisdom. I think that's the prerequisite for a man to become wise. Mm. Um, you know, if, I think if Solomon would have, Solomon would have approached this differently said, like, uh... Yes, you know, I, I want – if he came at it in, in pride, I don't think he would have asked for wisdom in the first place. Yeah. It would have been for power or riches, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that he knows who he is, that's where he can ask for wisdom. A person who is prou- proud does not think that he is foolish, right? right. <laughs> and so it wouldn't make any sense for him to ask for wisdom mm-hmm. if he is
2: proud. Right. Um, so, um, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here, but it's related basically. Um the idea that uh, when Solomon says I serve you in the midst of the people you have chosen a people so vast that it cannot be numbered or counted um I kind of immediately thought of just having a bunch of kids um <laughs> <laughs> cannot be numbered or counted Exactly <laughs> um but it was this is kind of related to a conversation I was having with my wife earlier um just trying to figure out how to sort all the things you know and like she was she was just kind of venting that you know there's so many things I need to pay attention to um, almost in the way of saying like it cannot be numbered or counted I was just like I don't know how to uh, parse my time and there's things I want to do but I can't do because I have x y and z like other obligations like I need to get back to laundry but I have um swim class, like whatever it is, that it's like it just, I just don't know how to do all the things in, in the day. Um there is a a term that she and I have co opted that we'll use frequently called ninja mom. And it just means like being able to do things efficiently and very fast. And it's like when lunchtime happens you go into ninja mom mode so that you just get those sandwiches out. Mm-hmm. Like don't don't like drag your feet in doing it. Do it fast she needs to teach the subway employees how to do that because
0: yeah. they take forever. <laughs> <laughs> Go to ninja mode. Okay. I'm just <laughs> um
2: Yes. But so I was thinking about that, uh that kind of being the recurring like place of where we would end up, like, well, we just, you know, we gotta be more efficient and we gotta clean up the loose ends or whatever. And then um this time around when this conversation came back up, it it I was thinking maybe ninja mom is not exactly where we need to be like landing in terms of how to how to be able to do all these things. Um, and maybe something more like wisdom in terms of discerning what has their place at the right time, mm-hmm. um, because if you if you understand that doing the laundry is for your kids' betterment and not for your own personal fulfillment, then them interrupting you to show you a paper that they colored is like it's still in the context of this child's thriving life. Mm-hmm. And so now those two things are not in opposition of each other, but now they just flow with each other. So I, I was telling her like maybe not ninja mom but maybe more like flow mom. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, flow state. Uh, yeah, it's not literally. Yeah. It's like you there's kind of a flow state you have to be in that you're just on the edge of your capacity but you you're comfortable with where you're at. Um but it really is the like the right focus on the right thing. And then everything else, the angels will sort themselves out mm. kind of a thing. Because, um, like, I don't think you can count all the things. I mm-hmm. don't think you can hold it all yourself. I think you have to pour yourself out into the kingdom of heaven to obtain that wisdom of the pattern. Yeah. And then everything else flows from that. And then that sounds arbitrary and like, a, you know, an Instagram post of, like, focus on the kingdom and everything else happens. But what that looks like in but practicality. That's from the gos- gospel. Like I'm Jesus saying, yeah, but it, yeah. it feels cliche. Yeah. Because... Until you like unpack that and and realizing that what that means is that understanding the right place for Mm -hmm. those things, realizing that your own idiosyncrasies, maybe your like hyper cleanliness is getting in the way of being able to be okay with mess for an hour because the kids are outside doing this and then in the context of the whole, I'm gonna get back to cleaning it up. Like whatever it is, you realize that you're sorting yourself out to get into that flow state Mm -hmm. only by pouring yourself out first to Christ, who's the source of all those things. Like you're not gonna um, if God appeared to my wife, I'm like, what do you want? It's like, I just need the capacity to do all the things. It's like, no, 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 no. You need wisdom to discern how mm-hmm. all these things fit. Totally, totally. No, that's um,
0: that's very wise, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. No, that is very good. And I think that that's what um, the Psalm is getting out too. when he says, the psalmist uh, says, the law of your mouth is to me more precious than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Um, I think uh, um, the relatability to the gospel is obvious there. You know, the treasure mm-hmm. in the field, the the pearls of great price. Um, but he, he says it twice, for I love your command more than gold, however fine. Um, I think, sa- again, sacrificing all these lower things so you can see the bigger picture is going to give you ultimately what gold and silver is promising you mm-hmm. um, or what you think is promising you. Um, you know, I, I mentioned this before the podcast, but like th- this reminds me of Aristotle in the beginning of his Nicomachean Ethics, where he goes through a bunch of like man's actions and he says like, you know, a, a ship builder, uh, is only building a ship so that he can sail the seas, but he's sailing the seas ultimately, uh, because he wants to be happy. And he mm-hmm. goes through like a bunch of like human actions and happiness is the thing that lies at the end of all things. And he says, like, man only does anything because there's a perceived happiness at the end of those things. Mm. Um, Gold and silver, you know, they're not valuable in and of itself, but it's a symbol of what you can trade with, and and, you know, the the, yeah, it's it's you know, what we investment, blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. If you see that bigger picture of like what gold and silver can offer you, and say, well, then my happiness can't just lie in this material good. Um then you will obtain that true happiness more than gold and silver Mm -hmm. could ever promise you. I'm reminded of like the hermits. Uh, You know, they sacrifice every material good and yet they are happier than most people with material possessions. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's because they subordinated all those things, saw those things as part of of the whole uh, and said, this is the most important thing. This is the pearl of great price that I'm looking for that you know, I'm going to treasure and it's going to bring me happiness. And there's a certain sense of peace when you see the whole. Like you said, like, you know, with your, your family, when you're able to um, uh, organize all these different pieces um, and seeing what's the most important thing to attend to mm-hmm. in wisdom. There's a sense of peace, I think, that just comes with that. For sure. Whereas I think like acting like ninja mom, mm-hmm. you might be efficient in getting things done. But like, what's the state of your soul, and what's the yeah. state of the house, yeah. right? Um, like, what's it for? Yeah, ultimately, it, for? It, exactly. it could end
2: up t- uh, turning in on itself and being like, "This is just for my own like mental state, so I can feel right. like I did something," right, as opposed to an outpouring. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: And and that that seems like it's um, a little emblematic of our times where we think we have to get things done, and that's how we are fulfilled, mm-hmm. right? It's like if I if oh wow, I accomplished five things today, it might feel productive. But some days you're not going to accomplish that much. Does that mean that it was a bad day? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. Um, it really depends on like how what your focus is on and and what you're aiming at. Um, I think right. just to ch- check things off a lift, list and be productive, um, it just seems like it's a like your life is just a machine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, it's too. Um, I don't know not material utilitarian would be the right word yeah yeah the other
2: thing with this is um in the first reading um when Solomon kind of tells God that you know I'm in the midst of, of the people you have chosen like I have to be the king like I have I have a kingdom of my own um and so I need to rule it and so I need to discern what it is that I need to attend to um Contrast that with the uh the merchant who sells the pearl of great price or the the man who goes sell sells everything he has to buy the field um there seems like there's this sense of like a complete outpouring and a uh, just kind of giving of everything you have for the one thing, but that pearl of great price as a merchant will do is then going to be traded mm-hmm. for more wealth and they continue to expand their kingdom as it were um and so I think the point here is not like these worldly riches are not uh, worth anything or for anything. It's that these need to participate in the higher pattern. Yeah. Um, and the only way that this kind of produces this fruit uh, that brings joy and peace is when it's, when <laughs> the kingdom on earth is like that of heaven. Yeah. Um, and the, so like as a father, I, I, you know, I have my mini kingdom that I need to rule over. Um. And so I need to let, God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, like this is the kingdom of heaven that I'm trying to bring down to earth so that it reflects the same pattern. And that's the only way it bears fruit. Yeah.
1: If you keep reading in Kings, uh, Solomon gets all of those things. He says you didn't ask, when God says you you, you didn't ask for riches, Mm. you didn't ask for the life of your enemies, but you asked for wisdom. But the Lord gives him those things Mm. anyway. Yeah. After he has wisdom, though, right? Interesting. So it's like you know, to your point of like those things will be added to you, mm-hmm. but you first you have to seek seek the kingdom of heaven. First yep. you have to to focus on this pearl of great price. Mm-hmm. It, you know, the the story of the merchant and the story of the field. they're sort of uh, unfinished. Because mm-hmm. you're right, you you hear that he goes and buys the field, and you hear that he goes and sells everything he has for the pearl. But then there's more to the story, right. and the same thing here with Solomon is that he asks for wisdom, but he actually gets more than wisdom. Right. Same mm-hmm. thing here; it's they buy the field and they have the pearl, mm-hmm. but that's not clearly clearly the story seems to go right. on. Right. And that there's more added to them.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know, thinking about the story of Solomon, it's really interesting that the end of his life ends so differently than the beginning. You know, of his story, where you know doesn't he just like sleep around with like. women from different cultures and uh, like he almost sacrifices everything that he's been given. Um, And then he flips the hierarchy, you know, Mm. like, like pleasure and riches become his God. Mm. Um, Which is, you know, I I think that there's an interesting point there to be made about how you can begin seeing the hierarchy. You can begin seeing what's important um, that you don't know anything and that you value wisdom but then, if you are given uh, the things, as you grow in wisdom, you can also, like you were saying, gain all these other things too. Mm-hmm. Um, you can easily lose sight of that as more things are, as more parts are added to the whole. Right. It could be, e- it could be difficult to focus on the most important thing as things are coming to you mm-hmm. at you left and right. You know, the bigger your kingdom grows, the more, the more docile uh, and wise you have to be. Right. Um, but if you lose sight of that, then. It's it's easy to fall from wisdom I think.
2: That um so. that image of the foreign woman is like the image of like the new or the strange. Yeah. Um, and so like incorporating that too soon or too close into the center is what always destroys the the structure. Yeah. Um and that that just kind of harkens back to that last line of the gospel where the head of the household brings forth from the storeroom the new and the old. Like you're not just constantly replenishing with the new and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Thinking that that you're wise because you're constantly updating. Right. Yeah, it's always exactly. this kind of slow-paced, almost ant-like wisdom yeah. that's paced.
0: Yeah, um, go yeah, uh, and, and going off of that last line of the gospel, um, the head of the household who brings from his store room both the new and the old. What I was also reminded of is um, the early church, and how it grew up in these cultures that were, you know, Greco-Roman. Um, when the church was being established, it didn't throw away. Um, the culture in which it was established, but it took the good in it, right? Mm. This is a criticism that I think a lot of people aim at the church. It's like, well, you just stole these holidays, you know, like Christmas is a pagan holiday. Mm -hmm. Easter was a pagan holiday. And then, you know, Christians usurped it for their own purposes. It's like, well, why is that a criticism? We're seeing like these patterns that they had were aiming at something. Mm -hmm. They were, you know, they are good naturally. Um, the art that they you know um, they, they created um, from these cultures, it was all good, right. And so why can't we add that to what is ultimately good? right? Uh, you know the word Catholic meaning universal doesn't just mean that it incorporates all people mm-hmm. and all cultures, which uh, of course it does, but it's all things as well, the new and the old, mm. right uh, and and it takes, this is why the church is such a, a great symbol for wisdom, because it takes wisdom to say this is not good. Like, let's let's get rid of the vomitorium in Rome, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but keep you yeah. know the beautiful art and architecture. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you see this in the in the medieval period. Um, well, I guess it's renaissance, the new renaissance. Well, I'm I'm getting a little cloudy with my <laughs> timeline, but where Christ was, um, or oh, depictions of Christ was uh, modeled after. Um, Ajax, the god Ajax, who was the god of war, I believe, right? Um, he, he, he was considered to have like the, the best physique, mm-hmm. uh, ultimately. And so you look at um, like, you know, Michelangelo's depictions of um, Christ, mm-hmm. um, and it's like that he looks like a Greek god. Right. Um, but again, it's like parsing out all these things mm-hmm. um, to add to the one thing. Right. Um, and so you again, bring forth from his story both the new and the old, discerning what is good, what is bad. Um, and this is why the church, in her wisdom, um it is so rich in culture and art because it doesn't throw
2: away what has gone before it right. but incorporates it into um into revelation mm-hmm. there's a uh, analogy here related to something Peugeot has talked about in the his like interpretation of jack and the beanstalk in that jack goes up the stalk the vine um to find riches and he goes and first takes the gold egg, right, so that it that is itself the gold, and then he goes back up to find the source of that gold egg, right? So the goose, and he comes down with the goose. But then realizing that the goose won't produce eggs unless it has the harp, and so he goes up for the harp. And so there's this kind of pattern being told that's something like the ultimate he's going he's not going for the gold itself. He's going for the thing that makes the gold. Right. It's like the teach mm-hmm. a man, what is it? Like it's better to teach a man to fish or yeah. what yeah. that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give a man yeah. a fish and he yeah, has well, food yeah. for a day. And... <coughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Give
1: a man a fish, he eats for a day, teach a man to fish. He eats forever.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's the whole thing. Um it's like you're you're he's trying to go up to find the pattern of the gold source, of the thing that makes the gold. So it's like he's trying to find the pattern of the kingdom of heaven mm-hmm. as opposed to just the thing it produces. Um and that that takes a kind of wisdom, but there is something we mentioned this before the podcast there's something um about the 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 man digging in the field like this is not his property. There's something like kind of mischievous about that that's odd and that's uh, yeah. that's also alluded in the Jack and the Beanstalk story where he's like stealing from the giants mm. Um is a very interesting perspective. It reminds me too of like the Hobbit and like having to kind of know when to use the shadow. You know, there's some some sort of like, I don't know, dark light yeah. integration thing going on there, and knowing the appropriate time. And...
1: Well, yeah. So in the in the parable about the field, he finds that the treasure buried in the field. It says so. He was digging around in a field that he might not. He doesn't own. Yeah. And that he, it's not even necessarily saying that like he's surveying the field. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to buy the property. Right. right. Let's <laughs> dig around the property. It, so, who knows whose property this really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, he ends up buying it. Um, but either way, he he doesn't reveal his motives. Which, I mean, right. makes sense. I mean, yeah, you obviously, yeah. you wouldn't be like, hey, you know you have a ton of money uh-huh. in that field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sell yeah. me the property. But uh-huh. you, but there's some shrewdness yeah. to not tell the person what's mm-hmm. the true value of the field. Mm-hmm. You're sort of duping them right? In, in a sense. Same thing for the merchant. He's not going to go yeah. tell somebody, be like, hey, man, this thing is worth
2: X amount of dollars. I'll give you that much for it. The whole point is to make a profit. Right. And so there has to be this kind of shrewd bargaining.
1: But with the pearl, it seems like he's working for somebody else because he says he's searching for fine pearls and when he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all he has and buys it. Mm. So that it's it's not as though he can just take it. Right. So he's not digging around, I guess he's not, mm-hmm. you know, digging around clams mm-hmm. and opening them up and, and taking right. the pearls out and gets to keep them. Mm-hmm. They're, I guess he's working for somebody else. He's like flipping houses. Yeah, right. <laughs> flipping pearls, <laughs> and he has to give it back. But even then, I guess it seems like maybe the pearl is worth more than what he gives up. Yeah, to buy it. Right. Yep. But that means the person who's selling it doesn't know what it's exactly. worth. Exactly. Yeah. So there's kind of this, like, you know, the the children of this world are, you know, sh- you know, wiser than the children of light. Mm-hmm. It's like this. Shrewdness about the kingdom yeah. of heaven. Yeah, yeah. You have Making to kinda...
0: friends with dishonest wealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. well There's, yeah. It's like the the people don't know what they have, mm. but that's not your problem, right? You should you should right. still you know give up what you have for well,
0: it. and and it, it begins these parables begin with a person looking, and so there's this um I think it's predicated on the fact that like these people are searching, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's not like the kingdom of heaven is like a person who stumbles on treasure. Um, or, you know, the merchant is working and searching for fine pearls. Like, he has an objective clear in his mind. Like, this is what I have to do. Right. Um, you know, I'm thinking <laughs> this tre- <laughs> the person finding this treasure in a field, like, you know, it's like with a metal detector just, like, on the beach. It's like, this fool, like, what is he going to find? And then he finds the treasure. It's like, oh, well, he's the okay, he won. The one? Yeah, I won. Yeah, he won. But, um, it, like, and you will find, uh, I think, is part of this as mm. well. Um, Predicated on the fact that these people are looking for something. So. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Lee, you mentioned something before the pod about the fact that. Uh, what was you, you had made a point about joy?
1: Oh yes. Um, so, I guess backtracking a little bit to wisdom. So, t- technically speaking, the wisdom that Solomon receives is not natural wisdom. So I guess you could break it down: natural wisdom and supernatural. Natural would be uh, a, a habit or a virtue mm-hmm. uh, in the classical sense. It's a it's wisdom is an intellectual virtue, and as a virtue, it means that it's something that can be acquired. Virtues are are habits mm-hmm. um, that eventually one acquires through the re- or, you know repeated action. or repe- right. you know, In this case of wisdom, repeated judgment, whereas. We would see it as supernatural in that he, it was something given to him, something that he received. Mm. So it's not, strictly speaking, a virtue. You can get like... Yeah, you know, technical. You can get all technical about that and how it's, you know, <clears throat> it's a mm-hmm. divine virtue and mm-hmm. all this different stuff. But what gives him, what, what allows or kind of prepares Solomon for this is probably something like humility and charity hmm so that can be tied to you know kind of wisdom cha- wisdom charity and joy is that when the person finds this they don't when they find the 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 treasure it says that he goes and sells all that he has out of out of joy mm-hmm. for this thing so it's it's out of I guess you know say out of love mm-hmm. that he finds this thing and he says I I know I know what I've found and I know what it's worth And it's not begrudging for me to do this, right? Mm -hmm. So if you tie the treasure to the kingdom of heaven, you know you let go of your attachments out of love Mm -hmm. for the greater thing, and not out of sort of this begrudging, like, well, you know, this is just this is what God is asking me to do. So I guess I'll do it. It's Mm -hmm. um, it's supposed to be out of love and joy,
2: right? Right. Interesting.
0: Right. It's right because they're searching again. They're searching. They're searching for the treasure they're searching for the pearl when they find it it's not like they find something else that's like oh well i'll have to settle for this mm-hmm. and then I'll, I'll sell everything it's like this is exactly what they wanted mm-hmm. right um and, and you know that that's um that's another point too not to take it too off track but how do we search for that great pearl when sometimes we don't even know how to recognize it mm. i guess that's you know that is wisdom mm-hmm. <laughs> um but to be able to search for the th- the highest value and then being able to find it, I think requires some, like, a development of taste, you know? And, and like, how, sure. how do you know you found the greatest thing? You know, mm-hmm. you could talk to some people who think, like, well, I bought my mansion, and, like, that's what I wanted to make me happy. Mm-hmm. And now that I have that, I'm happy. Like, that's my pearl of great price. Right. I think that, like, fundamentally, that's, like, just a... If you see it, you see it. If you don't, you don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, also maybe you can look at experientially. It's like, okay, so let's see how that long that mansion actually will provide happiness too, right? right? Um, you know, all material things, given time, um, will, uh, will not sustain your joy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but to be able to identify what the highest thing is and then search for it and find it, I mean, that's... Um, yeah, That's like a saint, essentially. I think yeah. that
2: there's something there that has to do with what you were saying, Lee, about how this wisdom was uh, given and not necessarily grasped at. Um, and so, like, our only—the only thing we can do is to remove the things that are preventing us from receiving that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not like we're going to look harder and look harder and look harder to grasp at something like wisdom. It's like, let me remove any of these idiosyncrasies that are causing me to— not see properly. I think that's, I mean, that's, yeah. That's, no, I think that's part of it. Game. But
0: on the other hand, too, you have stories like Augustine, who was searching for his happiness in all the wrong places, right? Um, and and almost it was like a via negativa that he's like, well, this wasn't making mm-hmm. me happy. This wasn't making me happy. Like, this was not the pearl of great price. Mm-hmm. And then he came to understand that, like, well, okay, my heart is restless until I rest in God. Um, and so... I think, you know, there could be a sense of, like, well give it time, you know, and, and see if your pearl actually pays off. Um,
2: yeah, but you only have so much time. <laughs> well, yeah, th- no, that's true. And
0: the thing is, like, the, the 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 noise of life can actually fool you into thinking, like, well, this is, I'm so satisfied yeah, with this. Like, because the mansion's mm-hmm.
2: not doing it for you. We have medications that yeah, can right. Yeah. Like, you're never going to figure that out. Yeah. I don't think you just give it time because some people go their whole life without yeah. seeing that. Yeah. But even in Augustine's case, it's like uh, he had an about turn right a metanoia after seeking those things so he in this in the same sense removed that pers that focus on in that direction yeah. and then changed his perspective he
0: also did have he had some foundations on which um allowed grace to build uh, like you know in, if you read when in the early in his youth he did like like classical stories uh, he said like the the I can't remember if it, he said, like, the, the stories of the Romans excited him, but the Greeks didn't, or it was mm. vice versa. I can't mm-hmm. remember. Um, and so there was things that he obviously enjoyed. Um, and I think that passion kind of helped him propel him to what was good. And mm-hmm. uh, There was a little bit of a foundation on which, like, okay, this can be built upon. This is why, like, when he encountered Scripture, he said early on that he hated Scripture because he thought the stories were just dull and uninteresting and uh, very mm-hmm. crude compared to the stories of... Either the, the Romans mm-hmm. or the Greeks, um, but it wasn't until um, Ambrose, right? Ambrose was his teacher, um, showed him like how you can interpret it differently. Mm-hmm. I think um, because he saw the value in stories in um, in, in uh, secular culture, um, he was able to appreciate that in the in Scripture. Mm-hmm. That didn't that wasn't his about turn for his conversion, um, but it was like slowly building him up before that. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. you know maybe there is a sense of. Like, you know, you have passion for something that is, you know, good. And maybe it's misguided.
2: And that could be a a little foundation on which grace can right. then spring. You Ultimately, know? it's uh, like no matter what you try to eradicate from what you would think is not worthwhile. I'm thinking specifically of something like organized religion. Um, if you think that's like that's not something worth focusing on. Like you, you discover soon that we have a religious instinct. Yeah. And so, like, at the, at the very bottom, we have a human condition of things that we all, quote-unquote, enjoy mm-hmm. or want to pour ourselves into. Right. And so, even if it's not like, well, what are the, some things you like that you can build on? Like, the, the deeper you go, the more universal you see that we all have these patterns of desire yeah. Um. that need to be fulfilled somehow. Yeah. And, and that's very that's ex- always the foundation in yeah. which all that's built.
0: And that's very existential. Um. Like, you know, I'm reminded of... um. I might have mentioned this on a pod, um, John Updike's Rabbit Run. Um, that story of uh, it's like a modern day Augustine, where he leaves his family because mm-hmm. he's not happy, and he just goes and searches and you know sleeps with prostitutes and just does is mm-hmm. like a horrible person. But he keeps running, and like that's the whole idea. A rabbit run. Mm-hmm. Um, the book ends. You know, the last line is like, ah, he runs, he runs, he runs, mm-hmm. um, searching for the next thing. What's going to make me happy? What is that pearl? Mm-hmm. Um, and the hope there. You know, yes, people live their whole lives searching and not finding. But the hope is, is that, like, well, if you keep searching, maybe you will find.
2: Yeah. Well, the, whole, the the trick with that is that, like, this is when we read in the gospel that, like, the the merchant or the man buying the field sells all that he has to buy the field. The, the catch there is that we're always selling all that we have for something. Yeah, well, yeah, that's you know I'm true. And it's like, so we can we, only worship one thing. Right, so it's like running the, you know, this rabbit run story is, like, you're always going to be running towards something, yeah. and so the wisdom comes in. What are you going to pour everything to? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I think even in the story of Saint Augustine, though, is still still demonstrates Matt's point, which Matt was saying that you have to slowly like, get these attachments or whatever out of the way, mm-hmm. and that mean then and that happens to Saint Augustine. Yeah, to uh, to. You know, a, a certain degree, um, as as he gets to know Ambrose, and as Ambrose explains scriptures to him and his mother's prayers or, or Saint Augustine's mother's prayers, uh, that those slowly clear his his vision for mm-hmm. this pearl of great price. Mm-hmm. Um, because while a g- while a gift can't be grasped, that you mm-hmm. can prepare yourself to be receptive to, to the it. gift, right. right? And I think part of this was. Removing these attachments mm-hmm. as well as uh, a bit of humility right. um, to, to see what actually matters. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was uh, a, a progress for him Yeah, to receive the gift.
0: No, no. That is, yeah, that is true. Um, e- even after he converted though, he, he did see – he wasn't like perfected, right? His passions right. weren't perfected. Mm-hmm. It was still a process that mm-hmm. he had to go through. And that, I mean there is a mystery of grace too when you see these conversion stories like St. Paul – uh, it, like you know that that like knocking off your horse and then like suddenly just giving your life away mm-hmm. to something. Not everyone's conversion sounds like that, right? Um, so, you know, and so that's that's a whole other topic, like how mm. grace works. <laughs> yeah. Um, but
2: anyway, I'll leave it there. <laughs> mm. <So. laughs> I like it. Not. I I can, I don't know if I should say this but I will. Um there you go. I just something occurred to me. This, Put it behind the paywall. <laughs> yeah, really. Um this kind of uh a little bit more esoteric thought of uh that removal of the things that blind you to to that proper vision um that you receive. And there's there's something some there's some talks about like, you know, ascending the mountain, mm-hmm. removing the garment of skin, removing the layers um so that you're completely Open to receive Christ's wisdom. Mm -hmm. There's something there about that, like masculine-feminine union, that we go up and unveil, right? We remove the garments all the way up the top to receive the pearl of great price, the seed, right, Mm -hmm. Um, as it were, and that's wisdom. Like Mm -hmm. that's that's for us to receive. Like we don't grasp at it. We we remove everything that's in the way to unveil ourselves to receive it.
1: Yeah, that's it's the the interplay between um active and passive mortification. Mm. And that's what um th- this is the active night of the soul versus the passive night of the soul with St. John on the Cross. Mm-hmm. Is there is what you have to do. And he even says it uh in this term of vision, that your attachments blind your they mm. blind yourself. Your your mm-hmm. desires blind you to to true, clear vision. And he says mm-hmm. they cause all kinds of issues of tranquility or lack of tranquility lack of peace and um lack of sight but half of it is your part Mm -hmm. the more masculine i guess of actively ridding yourself of these attachments but then the the second half is this passive element that you Mm -hmm. you can only receive at that point right there's nothing you can do Mm -hmm. um on your own will it becomes a complete action of god right that's interesting
2: yeah It's good stuff. Yes. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) um, (laughs) Yeah. Let's, uh, let's jump to the bonus. Uh, You can go to basically related.com to hear our weekly bonus episodes. Um, We'll see you next week.